Growers Almanac podcast, uh, where we equip the saints for the work of ministry. I'm Chris. I'm Seth. I'm Greg. Yeah, so we're going to kind of continue uh, as kind of our main topic for the day. We're going to continue how we've been for the last few episodes, looking at some sort of form of cultural exegesis or this idea that, you know, when we look at our culture, kind of understanding what's happening there, trying to draw out the meaning of what we see in our world. Um, And so what we wanted to do is over the course of the next couple episodes, actually, is uh, look at this idea of legislating morality or trying to enforce morality or how do you choose the laws that you have uh, for your society. Um, Yeah, how how any group that is kind of lobbying for power is trying to legally enforce their vision of utopia or heaven, really. As, uh, as we see it. So mm-hmm. um, we see this coming from all sides. We see it coming from Christians, non-Christians, um, from the left, from the right, outsider politicians. Everyone's trying to, uh, we think, really enforce what they think the ideal society would be, regardless of if there are large sects of the population who don't feel that would be Mm-hmm. Um, a utopian society. Yeah, it's it's essentially the political left and the political right, um, at least sections of them, um, often make the error of you're essentially trying to make the kingdom come through the force of the physical sword by the state. Yep. Rather than what we're commanded to do as the people of God is labor to see the kingdom come via the spiritual sword of the word yep. of preaching the gospel, not by physical force of the state. Yep. And to conduct your church um, under the rule and reign of God. Yep. Yeah. So what we want to do in this episode, and like I said, we'll have at least one more after this, sure. but in this one we wanted to cover, um, and like we said, it's both sides, but we wanted to cover in this one how kind of the liberal, progressive, or leftist uh, side of our culture uh, tries to enforce morality and, and might get this wrong in some ways. We will, you know, either in the next episode or in a future one, talk about how the conservative or right or Republican uh, kind of side of our culture can get this wrong at times. Um, we're going to be fair. So don't yeah, we're, we are trying to be fair. Yeah. We're so if you come from sides. one of these sides, you know, don't expect we're, we're just picking a side here and picking no, a team. No, they both make this error just with different, different hats aspects, on, basically. Yeah, <laughs> different, yeah, one's wearing the mustache yeah. glasses and the other one's wearing a funny hat. <laughs> it's the hat. same error. Yeah. Um, so, but... Uh, but what we wanted to look at is this fundamental misunderstanding, and it's this: it's that people are are. Here's how they get it wrong: people are basically good, right. um, and that's not true. We know that Scripture says that people are not basically good since the fall; um, that we're not in a state of innocence anymore, as the Confession says. Um, but that Adam and Eve fell from that state of innocence, and now uh, we are essentially waiting the redemption of our bodies as Christians, or if you're not a Christian, you are uh, in the flesh, sold under sin. Children of the fall, living in the already Born with the rebellious sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we are currently living, like you said, Greg, in the already not yet. Um, And the problem can come, so when you think people are basically good, uh, you often, what comes along with that is you think, uh, and this is this tends to be like I said that we're focusing on the liberal, progressive kind of Democrat leftist side of our culture. You tend to think because people are basically good, when problems happen, it's one of these few things. Either th- you're thinking people just need more opportunities, 
right. uh, thinking people just need more money, thinking people are just they just need more education. If they were more educated, they wouldn't make these decisions, or thinking ultimately that people can be trusted with more power. Um, and so this this is usually what comes hand in hand with the fundamental misunderstanding of people are basically good. And oftentimes, I think the intention is is good. Right, like you see a problem. Yeah. It's often well intentioned, but right. it's the wrong. You have a, you have a good intention mm-hmm. of thinking, well, people are basically good if they were just given a better education, you know, or more money or better opportunity, yeah. they wouldn't make these same evil choices. So th- those will be the so uh, need solutions. Yeah. So all, what it is all is, the evil. Sorry, all the okay. evil we see in the world is uh, circumstantial. Right, yeah. that it's yes. never having to do with. Um, our own sinful hearts, our mm-hmm. own sinful nature, except when it is, and then we cancel them, and they can't come back from it. Ironically, <laughs> so uh, what were you saying? I, I was just going to say it's the wrong solution because they're misdiagnosing the problem. Exactly. I mean, that's really what it is. Like they see it as a circumstantial problem rather than no, no, no. This is a fallen humanity problem. This mm-hmm. is a sinful nature problem. This is not like there are circumstances that that can help exacerbate the situation, but ultimately. It's not the circumstance that's causing it. It's it's the circumstances bringing out the sin that's already in them. Right. And imagine if a doctor did this, right? You misdiagnose the problem. Your solution not only will not fix what the person is sick with, but can also oftentimes make things worse. Can cause all sorts of other problems. Right. right. Yeah. And I mean, I even think about, Greg, you know, you were, you're seeing people come in with these problems all the time. Imagine if you just always got it wrong what their issue was. You'd not only not be fixing their problem, you'd probably be sending them out with more problems. Right. right so, yeah. yeah, not not at all good. So but yeah, the, the the circumstantial issues are not causing them to be sinful. They are sinful by nature. Mm-hmm. So the circumstances help might might draw that out of them, but it's because it's already there. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, sin um, also causes circumstantial issues. Right. 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 Exactly. And for others, so we we have to address the root of sin and um, admit, acknowledge that people cannot inherently be good. Um, Otherwise, who is the evil? Who is creating these circumstances? Who is oppressing? Right. How did did it get that way in the first place? If if all people were starting with the assumption that they're generally good, where did this come from? How many people? How good? Mm-hmm. What's what's that standard? And that's where obviously Christians come back to the Bible. Otherwise, we're just waiting around in this sea and defining at all at any given moment for ourselves what reality is and trying to act on that um, in an authoritative and and legislative way immediately, mm-hmm. and we can't catch up with it. Yeah. 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 So it's it's super important we see, you know, as Romans 1 teaches, this is not a circumstantial issue. This is that people exchange the glory of God for images resembling mortal man. Right. People know that there's a God. They suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. And that even if you change those circumstances, people are still going to be inherently mm-hmm. sinful. Right. It's Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, or, you know, you think about uh, John, I think it's... I want to say John 5, where he says, um, you know, people fail to come to the light because their deeds are evil. Yeah. Right? It's not like a lack of light. It's not like they don't know where the light is. They can't find the light. It's, I don't like the light because of who I am. Right. And And you fixing these situations is not going to change. Right. Like, oh, they just need more light. Right. right? The circumstance Um, is the sinful heart of man. Right. That is the ultimate circumstance that that needs to be solved. That all of us are under, and that's a circumstance that all of us perpetuate for ourselves after Adam. 
Um, and the solution to that, the only solution to that, is life in Christ and faith and, and repentance in Him. Mm-hmm. And that's how the, the church is able to look to His Word, which is the objective standard under which all people should be living, and enforce that in their local church body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, and then, you know, kind of on the flip side of this, because this, obviously, we went in a very spiritual direction on these things, as we should as pastors, <laughs> um, but... This doesn't mean that we don't think there should be any laws. This doesn't, you know, we've covered this in the past, but we're not anarchists. Um, We are fairly conservative. We lean more libertarian in the sense of we want people to be free, um, free to follow God. We want the government to be very limited in light of the sinful nature of man. Yes, and I think that's the the ultimate thing we want to get at is that because people are not basically good, because people are basically evil born under adam born in sin and and become sinful by their own actions as well um we want them to have as little power over other people's lives as possible and only what's absolutely necessary exactly when we say we're pro freedom and all for fairness and again that's why we attack this from all sides here um we basically see members of again both sides but the left we'll talk about now saying, well, who are Christian white males to determine what is morally morally upstanding um, or what is objectionable for the entire nation? Um, But we ourselves, as Christian white males, we should be given that same privilege to um, adhere to the word of God and be free to do that and free not to do anything that is against it. And free not to participate in anything that's against it and never legally mandated to do so. Well, and that's also a presumption that these perspectives come from a source of white Christian men. Um, The presumption is wrong. The source of these things is an eternal God that also established this religion in the Middle East. That's what I was going to say. Um, you know, yeah, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So, right, this male. isn't an American idea. This isn't a white man idea or even male at all, other than the fact that God presents himself as male to us in the Bible. Um, but no, this idea has its foundations in, in an eternal, uh, in the eternal mind of God. Right, So not human men. Right, yeah. Right, this isn't just Americanism. Um, but yeah, so super important stuff. Um and, uh, yeah, I guess, did you guys have any other thoughts well, on it? Chris, you were saying, um, you were talking about a tweet that you read. Oh, yeah, um, this was good, yeah. So, um, someone, I, I want to get the wording exactly right, but I don't have a way of finding it because I don't remember who tweeted it. But I saw someone on Twitter today talking about, basically, if you want to legislate morality, you kind of have three options, and maybe there's more that I haven't thought of, but um, he said either you have to say all sin is all is all the crimes, so you kind of have hand-in-hand sin and crime. Right, any um, sin is illegal. Right, all yeah. sins are illegal. Which is wrong. <clears throat> the second option is that no sin is illegal, and it's this kind of libertine position. And then the last one is you have to figure out wisely which types of sins should be illegal and crimes. Mm-hmm. And we would obviously fall into the third camp. Yep. Um, the, the first third camp way is the only way to go. I mean, really, the first two are completely untenable. Yes. The first yes. one saying that all sin is crime. Uh, no. I, good luck with that for one. But for two, because um, then we are all criminals, and we know that we are in the in the court of God. But on earth, we would all be criminals. Um, and that's pretty un, untenable. But besides that, you'd have to then find a way to prosecute thought crime. 
Um, and you're also going beyond even the standards of scripture, even Old Testament scripture. Like even if you're so a theonomist, yeah. um, which I, even theonomists wouldn't agree with this, but to say that uh, you know all sin is crime, almost no one has this position because the old covenant, even in the, yeah, even the old covenant had different provisions for sin yeah, uh, versus sure. crime. The second one, all no, you know, all sin is not crime. I don't know how. How do you then, have a society? Then nothing really is crime. Anarchism. Right. Yeah. That's just anarchism. Um, and you know, then I guess either there's no crimes at all, or the only crimes that would be crimes are things that aren't sin, which is weird because then you're punishing righteousness. That's then a really you're weird. No, if position. you have that system of just anarchy, then you're you don't have the freedom to. Um, we've we've quoted this text before, but the scripture says. Uh, live a peaceful and godly or peaceful life, godly and dignified in every way. Mm-hmm. You you can't even pursue that, right? Because people are trying to take you out or right. whatever else okay. is going to happen from just a lawless mm-hmm. system. Yeah. So that final down. one is to say that we do see wisdom in Scripture as to here's what sins are. Right here, here's sin, and some of these sins are to be. <clears throat> dealt with not just by the church, not just by preaching, not just by the sword of the word, but also by the physical sword of the government. Um, and that even Romans 13 speaks of the government as God's deacon of the sword, um, that they do have a role um, that God uh, has mandated. And we've got past episodes to look at about that if you're curious about those positions. But that we um, think, and, and we would argue this from evidence in scripture, that it's supposed to be minimal. Yeah, because very minimal. Of the sinful nature of man well and again like what's the tool that god uses as the symbol representation of government it's a sword right right this is a punitive deadly weapon right. um right. so there's very little that this should be swung at mm-hmm. right so pretty much what do you want to be like punishable push, by force punishable by yeah. force to the point right. of even death at times well, okay, then the government should very be involved in things. that, but it's very <laughs> few things. Imprisonment. Right, yeah. Um, and this and is so, gonna, uh, sorry, man. Uh, this is going to show up in, in future episodes as well, but when you think about um, how much power government is to have or would be good for government to have, and this kind of informs our libertarianism, only as much power as if the side with i guess opposite opinions and convictions as you had it right so if they were in right. office if those someone, who oppose you someone who diametrically power. opposes you disagrees with you and they have that same power to legislate everything that they think on a whim and uh require it of all people like would we want them to have that power right. and the answer right. should be no right because um, here's the thing about liberty freedom uh, and these aren't, again, these are not just American ideals, right? The spirit is the spirit of freedom, and where the spirit is, there is liberty, right? Mm-hmm. We see that um, in Second Corinthians 3. So this is not an American ideal. Like, God wants us to be free, and ultimately the highest freedom, the highest form of that is to be in perfect communion with God and with neighbor. <clears throat> so we know that's what we're aiming for. Um, but the, the aspect of this, when we talk about giving government more and more power and control, the problem with that is, as you said, Greg, um, then they might ask us to do things we're not comfortable with, right? So when you have a society that is erring more on the side of freedom, even if mistakes can be made, those mistakes are made at such a small scale, spread out over mm-hmm. the, the people, rather than made en masse from top down right. with a sword, with threat right. of death. We could end exactly. up suffering um, consequences right. for not having done something and, that we're not comfortable with. Well, and the difference, too, is like, say you're like, well, I want, I want, you know, say like a... a uh, a commune society where 
you know, everyone has equal education, everyone has equal opportunity, everyone has equal money, because I think those are going to solve the problem. What's cool is in a free society, you can just go do that with people who think like you. Right. No one will stop you from finding a bunch of people who think similarly and deciding to live together. Yeah, you can do that. Share all your own. money, share your education, share your opportunities. No one will stop you from doing that. That's perfectly fine. It's when you decide to mandate that as the correct only worldview from the top down, and if people disagree with you, you will take their money, take their opportunities, now take their education by sword. That's an infringement on liberty. Yes. Yeah. Now there's no freedom to think differently, and that's yeah. that's what we're really afraid of. So. Yeah. That's kind of a summary. Yeah. We can talk about how this error shows up on the, the left in particular. We, I think we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit before, but the way to summarize it that we've said is just do all the nice things. Right. Um, that seems to be the prevailing version of this error on the left is, okay, here's, here's a bunch of things I think are nice things. And, and it starts with a humanity defining their own morality, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts with that error of like, not what does God have to say, but what does man have to say about these things would be nice. Um, And it tends to be things like um, wealth redistribution. Um, And, you know, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there were, there was no poverty and, you know, everybody had equal share and all these different things. Um, I'm trying to think other examples, but that's one of the, one of the biggest ones. Um, what else would you... Well, I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit on Sunday in my sermon, uh, but often the the way that we get this wrong, both inside and outside of the church, is, uh, especially with wealth redistribution, inside the church, honestly, the, the failure is usually to see that poverty is tied to sin in some way. Right, yeah. Sure. You know, that this comes with the prosperity, prosperity gospel, yeah. that, you know, if you're, you know poor, probably you did something wrong, you don't have enough faith, you made some mistake. Even if you're not a prosperity gospel guy, a lot of times the, you know, the the kind of capitalistic, and I know I'm getting into more next week's, but uh, the capitalistic, conservative, you know, Republican side can see anybody who's poor and impoverished probably made some mistakes. Right. And that can often be true, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just, they just got dealt a bad hand, you know? Just life. Um, Right. Things happen. Uh, So anyway, that, that happens a lot of times inside the church, but outside the church, it's usually that the poor despise the rich is that we're seeing at least right Right. now. um, And that it's both are wrong. You know, inside right. the church, we're seeing the rich kind of despising the poor, and outside the church, we're seeing the kind of the poor or the middle class despising the rich and saying, you know, this famous quote, but like, you know, if there's someone has one dollar and another person has five dollars, some injustice must have occurred. Um, right. And that's just not necessarily no, the case. No, like, no. very, I, I would say, honestly, most people don't accumulate great amounts of wealth through thievery and no. fraud because yeah. then you don't usually get to keep it because you get found out at some right. point. Um, but instead, the beautiful thing about a free society is that usually you succeed when you're helping others succeed. So right. mm-hmm. um, that's well, typically what we see. Kind of so. what happens here is you start from the premise of, okay, poverty is an issue. And it's like, well, yeah, from the sense of, of like, obviously, image bearers of God. We care about people who are struggling financially. In an ideal world that wasn't fallen, yeah, you you wouldn't have that problem. Um, so you start with like a, a thing that yeah, poverty is is an issue, um, but then their solution is here's how we solve it. We're going to take money from these people over here. Uh, we're going to redistribute <laughs> it to these people over here, and we're going to do so by force. You know, with well, in socialist in, programs, usually you know, it's, whatever it is. Usually it's done very inefficiently, too, yeah. less efficiently than charitable giving. Uh-huh, um, right. So that's the other thing, too, is a lot of the people who would give their money freely now don't 
because so much of their money is taken unfreely, right? Right, yeah. And then distributed, but then there's a middleman doing the distributing that takes a cut, that do it so less of it is actually getting to the poor. Um, but even at, its, it, even at base level, like, okay, well, you've just added more sin to the sin pie is all you did. Because right. it's like, I understand that you, you're seeing, okay, poverty is an issue. Yeah, okay, agreed. Um, but your solution is wrong in that it's, we're going to steal from this guy. <laughs> we'll right. take from him. We'll take money that isn't ours. We'll steal it from him. We'll give it to these people over because here. Because your it's assumption like, no. of like, causation is wrong. Right. That it wasn't necessarily due to injustice. Right. Right. Or and even, even if it were, you, even it's if it just were, wrong to it's steal. Still you wrong can't to steal. Right. Yeah, you can't just covet your neighbor's stuff and go. We're going to take this from this guy over here, especially from a government perspective, by force, and give it to this guy over here, and then go, "Hey, job, job well done." It's like, well, no, right? Like, you just they added pat themselves on the back for you know for right. the they stole from one man to give to another, and then they say, "Look how good, how look how much good we've done." Right? Yeah. And it's like, no, like so. That's just one example of many. Yeah, but that's a lot of the error on the left is the well. Wouldn't this be nice? Let's now force it on everybody. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes the like in the case that we just gave, sometimes the wouldn't this be nice is like you're not totally wrong. Like in the case of like, wouldn't it be nice if there was no poverty? Well, yeah. Like we don't disagree with that, but it's that's not a thing in a fallen world. You're not going to totally eradicate that problem, and especially like to try to do it with sin. Mm-hmm. By just stealing, like, right. is not a solution to the problem. And the other thing, too, is poor compared to what? I mean, there's right. poor in America versus poor in India or poor mm-hmm. in Africa is right. very different. Um, and so a lot of times it's even a perspective shift um, because a lot of times poor in America, and I'm not at all trying to downplay hard situations, but poor in America could mean you still have an iPhone and a car um, and a house, you know, whereas mm-hmm. poor in other countries mean you literally cannot figure out where you're next right. Not just next meal, but next few meals right. are going to exactly. come from. It's a much yeah. Um, yeah, where you'll sleep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, that's one example. So sometimes it's you're right in that that's an issue that we don't like. But like other times, the, the even the starting point is completely wrong. Um, like I can think of uh, like examples where Canada, I know, has these kinds of issues, but it's not alone. Um, but like restrictions on freedom of speech when mm-hmm. it comes to gender pronouns yeah. and all yeah. sorts of stuff. And, and the premise is like, well, people should be nice to each other. And then they define what that looks like. And then they force and it they again it by force from on high. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's how we're going to make that happen. And yeah. all of this funnels to the, it's, it's the summary of do all the nice things and we'll make people do it via the government. Right. It's That's like, the idea. Is that your job to make sure that we do that? Right. No. That no one ever Would says it be anything nice offensive. Would if we did? Sure. Right. But even there, we <laughs> so got to have a conversation on yeah. the problem is we're, we have an ideological conflict. Right. You're defining nice a right. way that I'm not going to get on board with as right. a Christian because right. I'm under God's rule. And it's right. like, if your goal is to make sure no one ever says anything offensive ever, like, good luck. Because right. everyone's offended by something. Exactly. Like, so it's an impossible. So then it's like no one's allowed to right. think or say anything. Right. You know, like you're only allowed to just have like these like you know, these hallmarky truisms yeah. of like, isn't it nice when everyone's nice? Just it's right. like, that's all I'm allowed to say. Yeah. Right. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically a, what do we think would be a good idea? We'll make everybody do it. Yeah. Right. So anyway, this is, uh, this is kind of one aspect of it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll hit you guys up, you know, on the next uh, episode with 
kind of the other side of the equation, but for now we'll move on to the next segment. We'll get there. Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to move on now. Some advice you didn't ask for, and um, we're going to make this kind of a Christmas special. So we're going to hear about a few Christmas movies from our own Chris, and uh, we're going to do 30 seconds per movie. So you're going to convince us. Roughly, yeah. Can you handle this responsibility? Do you yeah. need to take the stop stop watch? No, no. I mean, I don't even think I'll take 30 seconds Roughly on each movie. 30 seconds per yeah. movie. And I'm just going to I'm going to list a few that I like. You love them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Here we go. Ready? Go. All right. First one, Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think we've all seen classic. it. It's classic. Chevy Chase, I'd say it is very best. Uh, I think we all can quote most of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of good lines, a lot of good what have you. Great family dynamics. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go watch it. If you've already watched it a million times, watch it again because it's December. Um, <laughs> literal right. slapstick. Literal, yeah, yeah, slapstick. Yeah, literally. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? You get it. Um, okay. The Next one. Yeah, the ladder scene. It's great. All right, moving on. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, for the last few years, pretty much every year, I think I've gone to see this in theaters. There's like a rerun showing of old movies at our local movie theater and you know, I pretty much cry the whole time. Now, here's the thing. Um, all of these movies are not like, well, the Christian message isn't shit. Yeah, I know. All right, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's, Get off it. Yeah, here's the thing about it. Here's, here's my perspective on this. Um, in my mind, this time of year, this season, I see with the twofold earthly covenant and heavenly covenant in the sense yeah. of i'm getting theological on you but in the sense of i kind of see this as both christmas time in the kind of american historical sense and advent in the christian yeah. uh, spiritual sense so i celebrate both but they're kind of separate in my mind because santa other than the actual saint nicholas has very little to do with christmas so anyway right. beyond all that so i love christmas vacation the themes, because it's a like, wonderful life there's even just the themes of like family and stuff yeah like, that. like Family. Those, are, those I mean, are good and godly. I can't. Things. I mean, guys, I can't make it through the opening scene where you know Daddy's in real trouble. Should we pray for him, Mama? Yeah. Yes, pray very hard. I'm like, I'm already in tears at that point. <laughs> so anyway, um, that was good. I recently just watched Miracle on 34th Street, the original, the good one. Um, I'm sure they're both good, they're but good. the black and white one, yeah, it's great. It's great. So. It's really, it's really fun. Really good stuff. A lot of great lines. It really holds up. And then the last one. This is my sleeper pick. Just Friends. Uh, if you haven't seen Just Friends, it's Amy Smart, Anna Ferris, and Ryan Reynolds, uh, and it's just so funny. It has a pretty low Rotten Tomatoes score and Metacritic score. They're wrong. They're just plain yeah. wrong. They just are. Just go see the movie if you haven't seen it. It's very funny. It's very it takes place silly, during Christmas it's time. Um, it, it's a funny one. So uh, it's Ryan Reynolds being hilarious yeah. uh, for like the whole movie. So. With um, a lot of these, we can't oh, make it recommended. We do all not the confirm or deny the content. We <laughs> but can't there's a lot of good it. comedy. Yes, there's good comedy. Yeah. Similarly, it's a wonderful life. Like I don't believe people become angels. I don't believe yeah. George Bailey <laughs> right. Right. understood the gospel. Yeah, you know this is all through the lens. This of, is all yeah. Like I said, perfect. this is the Christmas side of my love for this season. The Advent side. I mean, I guess the only one I can really think of is uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. If you want to hear the actual mm. Christmas story, that's also a very good one. Um, sure. But, yeah, so that's my uh, advice you didn't ask for on Christmas movies. Well, there you have it. All right, so now I think we'll move into some Sower's Almanac. Almanacs, Almanac, not Almanacs. 
Naxon, Naxon, Naxon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so what we've got going on right now that's been kind of fun is that we've got um, a lot of new people becoming members of our church, and uh, we we try to practice pretty biblical membership in the sense that if you're coming around, you should plug in and, and be a member, um, yeah. and uh, you know be put under the leadership of the church and yeah. serve and things like we that. We want so. our people to enjoy all the benefits of um, being plugged into a, a local church, the benefits of community and fellowship and mm-hmm. worship, but um, also godly authority. And I mean, you know, not even just about church discipline, which is also a good thing, um, but just having that access and time and uh, help when in need mm-hmm. from the leaders and, and the church body. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's been nice that we've had new people that aren't just attending, but have quickly become members. And then those members are now starting to really get involved in community and serve, uh, which has been really neat. So that's kind of what's going on with us. And if you're just joining us, when we talk about this is the Sower's Almanac, you're like, isn't that the name of the whole podcast? What we're saying is um, the almanac in the sense of, you know, if if you're a farmer, it's like, this is how, you know, how the crops are growing. The the sowing is, is, is doing right now for us. So we that's typically the almanac. Uh, yeah, it's typically we end our podcast with talking about you know looking at the actual almanac yeah, of how are the crops city, growing in our Ransom City Church. So, yeah. so uh, Seth, you were I, I know you keep kind of a running list of just who's plugged in in any capacity with any um, you know consistency, and you were saying that you've noticed it's like mostly members at I this think, point. I think the majority of the regulars are members at this point. Yeah, and that could maybe be like a, a first for us to see that, yeah, I think it might be that yeah. many people to, actually plugged it in that high at least that high of a percentage yeah, yeah of the active regular roster yeah yeah so God's been good to our church um, I mean like we talk about all the time very transient city uh, very uh, revolving door effect that we have mm-hmm. but we're kind of in this season where you know we've seen that step back or so over the summer and we're seeing that kind of one or two steps forward right now um with all all the people plugging in lately i know uh seth you and i have had membership uh classes and like follow-up interviews it feels like every other week yeah so for the last couple months yeah we're just great with people yeah it's been good people are plugging in and serving especially when we have uh at this time in our church, people having kids mm-hmm. and being out for various reasons, whether, you know, work, family, whatever. Um, and we've been announcing from the front, like, hey, th- these are some needs we have in the church. We need to kind of expand these uh, rotations for serving, whether it be greetings, setups, slides, you know, worship music, whatever. Um, and we've seen really people rise to that occasion by becoming members and saying like, Oh, I can start doing some of that stuff immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it's been a huge, um, answer to prayer lately and encouragement. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll ask you guys to catch us next time, you know, follow us on Twitter at Sower's Almanac, uh, leave us a five-star review. Um, you know, let us know. You can go to ransomcitychurch.org Uh, and let us know in the contact area, you know, just if you have any questions for us, comments, things you'd like us to address in the show, you can find sermons we have there. Um, And uh, most of all, just pray for us.